0: leia healthcare looking after you always proud sponsors of real health
1: with carl henry hello and welcome to real health with me carl henry in association with leia healthcare folks this week we're going to talk about cpr after the danish midfielder christian ericsson received emergency medical treatments on the pitch when he collapsed because of a cardiac arrest during the first half of the Euro 2020 class just in case you didn't see it with finland in copenhagen recently thankfully ericsson is recovering and he will have a heart starter device implanted so he doesn't suffer further arrests but what an amazing topic to talk about that everyone should know some elements of cpr and what to do on the off chance something happens we're delighted to be joined by galway gp dr brian higgins to talk us through cpr and how it works brian a very welcome to the show how are you i'm good and
0: thanks for having me on
1: we're delighted CPR. to have you on.
0: Cheers, sure CPR is amazing. It's um, one of the most effective things we can do if we see somebody collapse, and it really is a life-saving technique that absolutely anybody can do. I've done CPR once in the community. I was at—I um, was actually at training, and somebody collapsed. Um, I went over. I went through the techniques. We did CPR for almost a half an hour before the ambulance arrived, and the gentleman in question had a full recovery. So it was incredible, and it wasn't because it was a doctor. It wasn't because I had any special skills. I didn't do anything special. I just did basic, basic, basic techniques. I followed the right steps, and thankfully, and luckily, the gentleman was fine. And,
1: and tell us what what is a cardiac arrest, and how is it different from a heart attack? Yeah, so when we
0: use the terms, it can be a little bit confusing. So a heart attack is a blockage of one of the blood vessels in the heart. So, over time, with high blood pressure, high cholesterolemia, um, and uh, genetic factors as well with age, what can happen is our blood vessels can start to narrow in the heart with plaques. And if one of those plaques bursts, a clot will form. It'll block off blood flow to a part of the muscle of the heart, and that part muscle will be starved of oxygen and blood. That'll cause pain. A feeling of not being able to breathe, um, sudden shortness of breath, crushing sensations across the chest, and a strange feeling that might go up to your jaw or down to your arm. Um, if that um, happens, that heart attack can actually progress to a cardiac arrest, but they're in they're quite different. Whereas a cardiac arrest, is for some of the heart stops for a reason. So usually that's called an arrhythmia. So we have an electric current running through our heart, which is effectively just a pump. And it's a very, very organized and effective pump. And if that electrical impulse is upset, either it's going far too fast or it's far too irregular, just stops altogether. The heart will just stop and stop pumping and we'll call it a cardiopulmonary arrest. our heart and lung stoppage. So when it comes to Identifying the differences. Generally, somebody with a heart attack will, say, will grab their chest. They'll feel awful. They'll have a lot of pain, but they'll usually be alert and talking to you. Whereas somebody with a cardiac arrest is like a light switch goes off. They may have a couple of seconds of just feeling weak, but as soon as that blood flow stops going to the brain, they'll collapse, and that's when we start your CPR. So when we find someone on the ground, we'll always just shake them say hello just to make sure they're not asleep because starting cpr <laughs> and some of the could be rude um but if they're not responsive you listen and you listen and see if somebody's breathing now if somebody's breathing normally that means think of cardiopulmonary the lungs are working so you probably don't need to do cpr but sometimes people with the cardiac arrest can have something called agonal breathing they can have little gaps so they can be pause <coughs> really irregular breathing that is just not enough to supply the lungs and heart with oxygen. And that case would be appropriate to start your CPR.
1: Okay. And Christian eriksson he's a professional footballer. The guy is fit, incredibly fit, has mm-hmm. trained at the highest level, yet his cardiac issue went undiagnosed. Is that quite common?
0: Yeah. So when we do, so Christian Eriksson, from the time he was a teenager, he would have had cardiac screening. And actually, it's recommended for anyone in competitive sports to have cardiac screening from about the age of 12 or 14, probably every two years. Now, the thing about screening, as we know, it will catch, catch the majority of cases and it will save a lot of lives, but it's never going to save every life. So with those screening, what we'll usually do is we'll see if somebody has a family history of sudden to adult death syndrome um, or SDS. And that generally is due to a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which effectively in English just means large heart problems. So the heart muscle will be abnormal and it can be a focus where these new electrical signals can come from and dysregulate the heart rhythm. So when we're doing the screening, we'll ask ask a history. We'll ask if people are having maybe palpitations. Do they have a family history of um, cardiac arrest or sudden adult death? And then we'll do a physical exam to see if the heart feels strange, if the pump feels different or if their blood pressure is abnormal. And then we'll generally do an ECG, which is an electrocardiogram. And it's this painless test that takes a couple of minutes where we put a few little stickers on somebody's chest and we can use it to measure the electric flow through the heart. And we'll be looking for abnormalities. And that's generally the normal screening. And that will identify to see if somebody is at risk of having a problem. And then if they're at risk, they'll go and maybe have some additional tests, which is usually an ultrasound scan of the heart called an echo, which is again, painless scan. It just, anyone who's been pregnant will know what an ultrasound scan is. So you just use a little jelly and a probe and it takes a picture of the heart. And what we'll be looking for is an abnormal flow of blood through the heart or an abnormal change in the muscle. And that's going to catch again, even more cases. But there are some cases where there can be a gene that's abnormal. Um, or a little focus of, of abnormal muscle in the heart that you're not necessarily going to see. And in the right conditions, under the right stress, that could be the source of a strange electric impulse that's just going to dysregulate the whole heart. And I think, I, I don't know, I don't know anything about the gentleman's care, and I wouldn't like to assume anything about it. But in a case like that, where somebody has been screened so highly by people who would be so professional and capable of doing the screening, that's probably what happened.
1: And of course, he was incredibly lucky that when it happened, oh, yeah. he was surrounded by medics literally at the side of the pitch who could who could help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is you always, you need that look. If you have an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, the truth is the chance of survival is slim. And if you don't start CPR soon, the chance is zero. And I think sometimes the fear is people may have seen a CPR video. And there's really great ones on the Irish Heart Foundation and never done any training. Or they might have done training a very long time ago, or they're not confident in doing it. And they're going to hope that maybe someone else will step in and do it. And what I would just say, we always have um, this saying in medicine, which is time is tissue. The longer it takes to start a treatment, the more tissue has died. So just get started, get started early.
1: Okay. And let's chat people through that process in terms of, so say, for example, they are in a restaurant or, you know, on a plane or wherever, and they see someone who is who is having a heart attack or a cardiac arrest. What, what's, what, what are the stepping stones for things to do? And obviously, this is not a course. This is not no. an online course. We will recommend courses later on for people to go to if you want to get qualified. But, you know, there are simple things that, that people can do if that situation occurs.
0: So the first thing is, if you see somebody collapse, just go over, shake them, see if there's a response. Um, then the next thing to do is call for help, because once you start your CPR, you don't want to stop. So shout for help, get somebody else to call the ambulance services. If you're on your own, call 999 or 112 or call the emergency service on your phone and just um, it beside you on loudspeaker and the emergency services are brilliant they will just start talking to you and they'll walk you through it and ideally if you can do your cpr and get someone else to communicate with the emergency services that's ideal but if you're on your own start your cpr have them on loudspeaker then when you're calling for help you can always see if there is a defibrillator in the restaurant
1: yeah tell us about those in terms of what are they and how do they work well the defibrillator is really cool it's a fancy battery so (laughs)
0: And what it is, it's a battery with two probes on it and a little computer. And what you do is they are designed for anyone to use. Again, ideally, if there's someone trained, they're the person that should use it. But if you don't have training and there's no one else there, just open the box and they're amazing. So they're designed to be used by anyone. You open it up, it'll show you a picture of step-by-step of exactly what to do. And they have just two big stickers and it'll show you the placement, which is usually up here and on the side. And sometimes in young children, where cardiac arrest can happen sadly, um, it's usually on the front of the back, but you just follow the pictures as best you can. And then you press the start button and the machine will start talking to you. And generally, the first thing it'll do is tell you to keep doing your CPR and it will tell you to stop. And when you stop, you'll move back. It'll tell you to stand back and it'll analyse the patient's rhythm to see if they're in a shockable state. Because some cardiac arrests will respond to a shock and some won't. And if it'll respond the machine will do it all itself it'll shock the patient and tell you as soon as the shock is over to get back on your cpr and it will continue that cycle until either the patient becomes alert or the ambulance services arrive
1: okay so you so you, you've looked for a DFib, you can't find one you've made that emergency call they're obviously going to talk you through what to do in terms of placement for cpr where people put their hands and the positioning of hands and things like that where should they put their hands
0: so if you think of it, what we want to do is we want to compress the chest so it'll act like a pump around the body. So what I would always do is get the patient on. If it's there, like when when I had my out of hospital cardiac arrest with the patient, and um, we we're actually uh, on an exercise mat on a trampoline, it was a gymnastics mat. <laughs> so if I had done CPR on him, what would happen? His whole body would just bounce, and I wouldn't have had been able to do effective CPR. So what I did is with help from someone. I pulled him to the side onto a flat firmer surface so i could do more effective cpr and then what we do is we put our hands on top of each other the best way you feel comfortable the fingers intertwined and then your elbows straight out because as you do your cpr you don't want your elbows to bend and lose the force and you want all the force to come from your hips as you nailed kneel down beside the patient and really here just right on the center of the chest between the two nipples right there honestly if you do it here, or if you do it here, it's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> ideally here, but doing it is the most important.
1: Okay, and then let's chat us through the the rhythm. And I'm 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 racking my brains trying to think of the song. It was Vinnie Jones. It was "Saying Alive." I think Stay was alive. the song that they that they use in the ad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's about a hundred beats per minute. So our heart is going to run at about sixty to seventy beats per minute when we're sitting down and relaxed. A bit nervous coming on the show. Probably my heart it was a bit higher. Um, and that's what's supposed to happen when we're under a stress, we're supposed to get more oxygen to our blood and our brain. So we want to do that CPR faster than the normal heart rate. So what we want is about 100 beats per minute. And that's staying alive, the song. And for the whole time and every time I do CPR, or even if you're in the hospital and there's a cardiac arrest, you'll see the doctor doing the CPR just humming, staying alive to himself <laughs> as he's doing it. So don't feel silly. And it's, it's the right timing and it's kind of a distraction for your brain and a motivation as well. So nice thing to do.
1: Okay. And in, so in terms of in terms of uh, compression, do you stay doing compressions and then take a break and then go back to compressions or what's the best format for that? So it depends.
0: Um, so how does uh, trained CPR for medics And then there's kind of community CPR. So sometimes you'll see in on TV, or you'll see in hospitals that we'll give people rescue breaths, where we'll open their airway, we'll make sure that they're getting oxygen. That's actually tricky to do right. So in the community, if you don't have specific training around that, generally you don't do any breaths at all. You just keep doing your CPR till help arrives because we can hold our breath for quite a while and when you think of it when we're we've had a cardiac arrest our muscles aren't doing anything our brain isn't just needs enough oxygen just to stay alive so we don't need to get a huge amount of extra air there's lots of air in our body or lots of oxygen in our body should i say um, that the heart can use to pump around so again don't worry about trying to do rescue breaths if you're not trained how to do it just keep pumping non-stop until you get tired and when you get tired, the most important thing is not that you're the person doing the CPR, it's that good effective CPR is being done. So if you're getting tired um, and there's no one else to help, keep going as much as you can. And we're all human beings. And again, in my situation, I was lucky we had an ambulance within maybe about half an hour, and then another person there I could ask for help. And the two of us swapped the CPR for the half an hour till the ambulance arrived. So as soon as I got tired, I asked my friend to do it. And as soon as he got tired, I got to do it. There, we will all run out of steam eventually. <laughs> so if you're on your own, you keep going until you can't go. Yep.
1: and of course the most important thing to say to people listening in is you know go get a get do a course they're generally free or they're very kind of low cost to do the Irish Heart Foundation is a really good website you can go which will tell you where it's, a lot of the courses are I'm sure there are other kind of online resources as well we'll put yeah. those in the show notes but you know it's a fantastic course to do it's not too scary they'll teach you everything that you need to know and check out the Irish Heart Foundation. for more details for lots of those Brian before we let you go how's life as a GP in this crazy world? It's good. It's busy, um, yeah, like we've, it's uh, like it co- COVID. Like anyone has been
0: a challenge. So, um, but we we just keep going. Like our job is to look after the people in front of us and be there for our patients, and we're doing that in the best way we can. Like I'm lucky. I have a large clinic with a lot of doctors and a lot of support, so we've been able to continue a certain level of service to our patients. Other GPs are in much, much more difficult situations. They mightn't have a nurse to help them. They might be working on their own. Um, I think every GP in the country is doing their absolute best to give the best care to the patients they can. And I think it's been a bit difficult for patients not being able to access care normally, because when people need help, they need help. So that's been... um, it's it's that's been the big challenge it's trying to make sure that the patients who you care about are getting the care that they need but we're uh, we're doing our best and i think we've adapted quite well to COVID. thankfully the vaccine program is like since i've done medicine it's, it's the most incredible thing that's ever happened and i think when i'm 80 hopefully chatting to my grandkids i'll be telling them about this vaccine program that went from the scariest time of our medical lives to to return back to normality so
1: yeah we're doing okay there's a calmness in your voice. That Galway air over uh, over the West must be doing something for you because you're very calm and mellow, despite the fact you're literally at the front of a, of a, of a crazy storm for the last year and a half. Yeah. If people want to follow you on Instagram and stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, I, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter and it's Dr. Brian Higgins. Amazing. Brian, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Folks, that's it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. A really important episode of the show. If you enjoyed what you heard, do log on to the archheartfoundation.ie, have a look at some of their courses, get yourself registered, and learn how to administer CPR properly. That's really, really important. As ever, you know where we are, at Carol Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram, realhealthindependent.ie. If you liked what you heard, and hopefully you did, don't forget to rate and review, and we'll see you next week for more Real Health.
0: Care, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl
1: Henry.